Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. I'm also excited about today. I'm excited because we're about to now take a journey. We're going to take a six-part journey. We're going to be in this series, Safe Spaces. Safe Spaces. How do we create safe spaces for people to experience Jesus? Today, uh, if we want to go ahead to that next slide up there in AV, who's doing a great job up there. Today, we begin by launching into the first part, and that is a safe space for, for grace, a safe space for grace. And so I want to invite you to go to your Bibles. I want you to go to the Gospel of Luke, Dr. Luke, and go to Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, where we're going to be taking our journey through the scriptures today. But more important than me is the one in whom we have all come to focus our attention on, the one who has given us abundant grace. Do you believe that? And so I want you to focus now your eyes, your heart, your mind towards Jesus. Can we pray to him now? Let's bow our heads. Loving Father, here we are again, standing in the wake of Calvary for over 2,000 years, and yet the blood still prevails. And to that we say hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your grace towards us. And now, Lord, we want to take a journey that's going to take us all the way to the end of May, and we're asking that you'd show up every single week. And between those weeks, that you would stir us as we're entering into community, whether in our small groups, in our homes, in our school, wherever we may be on mission for you, but that you would help us to live out what we're going to be dealing with every single week. So now, today, Father, as we now dive into your word, please show up today. Be present now in our midst. Reveal your character, and may we see that on display in Jesus and him crucified. And then, Holy Spirit, would you now bring that home to our hearts. In Jesus' name, let everybody say, amen. If you have not seen the television series, The Chosen, then I have no idea where you've been. You have really been missing out. It is absolutely amazing. Um, They are only, only the the, the first ever multi-season series based on the life of Christ, and they're the number one highest crowd-funded project of all time. They've made, they've made uh, f- um, little phrases like, uh, get used to different, and binge Jesus, popular. You know, like instead of binging Netflix, right? Yeah? And, 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 and one of the things that I love about the Chosen is that you can really sense that they did their homework to really get the historical and cultural background of the time of the life of Jesus. I really love that about them. They really did their work there. 
The other thing I really like is the, the character development of, of the different uh, uh, disciples that are being portrayed there. And then I also love the fact that they really try to stay really close, as, as close as possible to the general flow of the story of Jesus accounted for in the four Gospels. But one of the things that I love the most about the chosen, you see him, his face there on the screen, is their depiction, how they chose to depict the disciple Matthew. Anybody seen The Chosen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, how they, how they chose to depict the disciple Matthew, because we know Matthew mainly as that notorious tax collector that became a part of Team Jesus, right? But they chose to depict Matthew a particular way because as you look at his meticulous attention to detail in the Gospel of Matthew account, and, 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 and you kind of see how that could have how that could uh, have, have, have advanced him in his career, they chose to depict Matthew as being on the autism spectrum. And while that's not in the, explicitly in the text of Scripture, right, as you see the actor there on the screen, as you see him portray the character Matthew, you can see how that could be plausible. How difficult it would have been for him to have be to be accepted and accommodated because of his autism spectrum among the chosen disciples of Jesus Christ. And as you see his difficulty wrestling through this, you also begin to now understand uh, how that 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 difference could have actually aided him in his profession as a tax collector. And, and, and so you see in him Matthew, who would have been considered the worst of sinners, as tax collectors were, 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 were categorized, and then you would have also seen him wrestling through his difference of being neurodivergent. And then you are, your heart's warmed as you see, I love that scene where, where Jesus so graciously invites him to become a part of the chosen disciples though he is seen as one of the worst of sinners, and though he is also on the spectrum for autism because he is also different, because he's neurodivergent. And it also begins to give you kind of the impression of how his story and him being a part of Team Jesus would have inspired, would have encouraged the chief tax collector in Jericho. I hope you're in Luke chapter 19 the chief tax collector in Jericho. Because as you're there now going to Luke chapter 19, you'll discover that Jesus is now part towards the latter part of his ministry as Messiah. He's towards the latter end. He's getting close to Passion Week. Passion Week is probably, probably about two weeks away from where we're going to be today. And as he goes to Jerusalem for the Passover festival, he, he goes and he passes through Jericho. And in Jericho is the tax collector who is the chief tax collector named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. How many of you are familiar with the story of Zacchaeus? Yeah? Yeah? See, Zacchaeus worked for the Roman Empire as the chief tax collector. It was bad enough that he was seen as one who betrayed his people to work for the oppressor. That was bad enough, but he's not just a tax collector. He's chief 
tax collector. You've got to understand how this would have been a thorn in the flesh of the people, especially the Jews, there in Judea. And here's the thing I discovered about tax collectors during this time. Tax collectors during this time, Tanya, tax collectors did not have to, as sometimes we, some, you know, sometimes we assume, they did not have to cheat in order to be rich. The job itself was lucrative. You didn't have to defraud people to actually, to actually make a lot of money as a tax collector. That was kind of new for me. I always kind of just assumed that that's just what they were doing. But, but you know, you did not. So, so he did not have to cheat. You didn't have to defraud people to be ex ex extremely rich as he was. And so therefore, the fact that he chose as chief tax collector to cheat people, to defraud people, gives you an insight into how he was perceived by the people. But there was something else about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had a problem. You see, because Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was going to be passing by. Already there was a large crowd that knew Jesus was coming through, and they began to gather there in Jericho. And, and, and Zacchaeus would have heard the reports about Jesus' love and his kindness. Right, Agnes? And, and it's good to have you back. And his miracles, right? Uh, but he also would have heard that in Team Jesus, in, in, in the Team Messiah, there's a tax collector. There's a tax collector like him that's part of Jesus' close associates. And he's not just a tax collector, especially if you're watching The Chosen, in The Chosen, at least how he's depicted there, he's also a little different. And, 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 and Zacchaeus' heart would have been stirred, especially that he's hearing, oh, and by the way, he's passing through on his way to Jerusalem where everybody's going for a festival. For, for Passover festival. And so Zacchaeus decides that, that he's going to try and see Jesus. Luke lets us know there that, that Zacchaeus, he desires to see Jesus. He, he's trying to see Jesus, my translation says in the NASB. Zacchaeus, is, he's, he's depicted as the worst of sinners, but in this heart that everybody would have looked down upon and said, oh, no, no, this guy is the worst of sinners, was, was something that desired to be with Jesus, to to know and to see Jesus. But he had a problem. You see, because, because as Zacchaeus was there trying to see Jesus, he was also hindered by a crowd that would not accommodate his difference. Zacchaeus was, as my translation says in the NASB, he was short or small in stature, which according to that time meant that he would have been about five feet tall or less. And this crowd that's gathered to see Jesus, Jesus is about to pass by the crowd. Yeah? They're unwilling to accommodate his difference. Unwilling to accommodate his difference. And of course, they look at him as the worst among them. They're not going to accommodate him, this worst of sinners, this someone who also is different. And it got me thinking. It really got me thinking. It, it, it got me thinking about, about the unwillingness of this crowd to create a space for grace, for even the worst of sinners. 
and the different. The unwillingness. And it made me wonder, you know, in my own life, it made me wonder in our spaces, when we gather on Sabbath, the crowd that gathers on Sabbath mornings, or maybe in your small group, if you're in a grow group during the week, or school, or, or in your home, are we willing, are we creating a space, a safe space for grace? And if we're not, then how do we create a safe space for grace for the worst sinners and the different to experience Jesus, to experience his grace? And I want to confess to you that, that, that this is very close to home. It's very close to my heart for me because through, through this pandemic, my wife and I discovered that our, our kids, we, we went through the process and they got diagnosed with autism. And so we're on that journey with our kids, but also my wife is now in the process of confirming her own diagnosis. And so this is very close to me. Are we creating a safe space? Can, 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 can those that are on the neurodivergent are part of the neurodivergent community or, or those that are on the spectrum for autism, can they sit through an hour and a half formal worship service like everyone else? Are we creating a safe space for grace? Can they, you know, can they go through the liturgy? Can they go through the various religious motions that we typically are accustomed to? Or, <clears throat> or do they need to be, excuse me, accommodated? Accommodated in their difference. This month happens to be, the month of April, Autism Awareness Month. You guys aware of that? And are we, do we as a community, do we understand, I've had to grow and understand, do we understand the various aspects of those that are on the spectrum? And do we understand, are we even aware of some of the accommodations that they need? Uh, we're in a very neurotypical world and not neurodivergent. Are we a part of that crowd that's not willing to accommodate Zacchaeus? Because Jesus is gonna pass by the crowd. So it really got me thinking, and if you, if you wanna start that journey of even discovering and understanding a little bit more, I wanna highly encourage you to please go to embrace-autism.com. Okay, maybe you wanna write that down or see me after, I'm gonna put this in a blog this week on our social media platforms, embrace-autism.com. I highly encourage you to go there and just, just explore. That's one of the great, great resources for understanding autism. Or anyone else, maybe ADHD, the deaf community, anyone that, that is just, just different. Are we creating a safe space for them? One of the beautiful things that I love about Jesus and his story is that there's principle, principles being laid out by Jesus, laced throughout his story, that help us understand how we can create safe spaces for the worst of sinners and for the different. So I invite you now, all right? You've had plenty of time now to go to the text. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Please understand that prior, we're going to be in verse 4, but please understand that in the previous chapter, what's in the context here is, is that Jesus told his disciples, hey, it's really hard for a rich 
man, you remember this? To enter the what? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. But watch this. He's about to show how one can. So come with me now to verse number four. Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse number four. Here's what the Bible says. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him. That's Jesus. For he was about to pass through that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down for for I, for today I must stay at your house. For today I must stay at your house. For today I must stay at your house. I love Jesus, don't you? Jesus is taking this entire scene in. And he decides, oh, I got to go right over to that tree. You see, family, one of the things that we may overlook if we don't understand the cultural context back then, do you guys know that Zacchaeus ran, the Bible says, right? He ran to that sycamore tree. But did, did you guys know, let's pause for a second. Did you guys know that a rich person, an elder or a noble person did not run in that culture? You had other people run for you. You don't run, right? Zacchaeus doesn't care about the crowd and how they view him. He's willing to publicly shame himself in order to see Jesus. I've got to commend that, don't you? He's not going to let that crowd keep him from seeing Jesus. Many people today would leave the crowd, leave the church, and go, you know what, and just, have, and just forget them and, and just be bitter towards church. But Zacchaeus says, no, I'm not going to let the crowd keep me from seeing Jesus. And so I've got to commend that there from Zacchaeus. But the other thing is, is that Jesus intentionally goes to where he is. And this is the first thing I want, I think Jesus wants us to understand today, that if we're going to create a safe space for grace, we've got to do like Jesus and how he created a safe space for Zacchaeus. We need to go, we need to go to their space. We need to go to their space. We're going to create a safe space for the worst sinners. And if we're going to create a safe space for the different, right, then we need to go to their space. And now what Jesus did when he left heaven, he came here to, to our planet, right? Now what he did when he went and did ministry, he went to the people. He didn't just go to the synagogue, yes, and the temple, but he went to the people to create safe space. For grace. Remember, Zacchaeus today is embodying two groups of people for us. He's embodying one, the worst sinners, the worst. But he's also embodying for us today those that are just different. Nothing wrong, not necessarily sinful, but different. Like I said earlier, it could be the deaf community, it could be the those on the autism spectrum, right? ADHD, you name it, different. And Jesus goes to him to create safe space for him. I like to like it, I liken it this way, that, that the grace of God is like a heat-seeking missile. 
Do you like that? It's like a heat-seeking missile. It, 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 it steps into an environment and it targets the worst sinner and, and it just totally overwhelms them with grace. And that's what Jesus is doing here today. He goes, all right, I need the worst possible case so people can see just how abundant my grace is, Rena. And he goes straight to Zacchaeus. Are you here and you feel like you're the worst sinner? That's God's picture right there of how he feels about you. He's going to, oh yeah, perfect, perfect, perfect. That's exactly where I need to go, right there, that guy. Yeah, the one that's up in the tree? <laughs> Come on, Zacchaeus, let's go, let's go eat. Publicly. Watch how Jesus does it. What, what, see, if we're really going to follow Jesus, we need to watch, Andrea, right? We need to watch what Jesus does and follow, right? So watch what Jesus does. He goes to where he is, and he, he sees him. Do we see the people that are in our spaces where we regularly do life? Do we really see them? Do we, do we understand their story, and do we know what's going on in their lives? Do we make time for them? Are we fully present? He sees him. You know what he next does? He, he speaks to him. Acknowledging his humanity and, and dignifying him. And he says his name. How did he know his name? Zacchaeus. Yeah? And, and then watch this. Then he continues to go to his space. Are you seeing what Jesus does here? See, because here, here's the thing, guys. Often what we do is we have a, a attractional model for church. Hey, come to us kind of a consumer model of church, you know, like the best McDonald's or Burger King in town. You know, we got the best organist and, and the best musicians and the best praise team and the best this and the best that. Hey, come to us. We got a school. Hey, come over here. We're going to put some Facebook ads, and I'm all for all of that, right? I'm all for all that. But, but watch this. Jesus takes that paradigm and completely flips it on its head. Jesus goes to their space. The Great Commission was not, hey, come over here. No, it was go into all the world, like I did. And make what? Disciples. That's our product. That's our business, disciples. You know how? Create safe space for them. Go to where they are. Jesus, as he's instructing the 12, and then he sends them out. He's instructing the 70 a little bit later, and he sends them out. You know what he does? He says, go to their house and eat a meal. That's the evangelism seminar right there. Boom. Go to their house, go eat a meal. Hospitality. Spend some time. Acknowledge them. Say their name. Look at them, right? The kingdom of heaven has come to you. Go to their space. Who's on your heart right now? Who's the Holy, who's the Holy Spirit putting in your mind right now? Worst of sinners, the different. Who's on your heart right now? Because that's who God is calling you to create a safe space for grace, go to them. Go to their house. Go eat. Go have some lunch. Make space for them. But watch this. There's a warning. I need to warn you. If you're going to do this, Ruth, you've got to understand that you're going to trigger a reaction from some folk. You're going to trigger some people, okay? Come with me now to verse number six. You're going to trigger some people. That's what's going to happen to Jesus right here. Watch this. I love the Bible. Watch this. And he hurried, this is Zacchaeus, and he hurried and came down and received him gladly. That's what happens when you create a safe space for people. They received Jesus gladly. 
When they, that's the crowd, saw it, oh boy, they all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. I can't even enjoy worship today. Jesus going with those dirty sinners. Family, you guys know that this was nothing new for Jesus, right? Just a few chapters before, Luke 15, this was the same accusation that the Pharisees leveled against Jesus. Oh, this guy, he just, he just likes to go eat and, and, and receive sinners. He's a friend of sinners. I just can't. And this is what caused Jesus to launch into the story of the prodigal son. That's what Jesus does. He, 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 he receives sinners. He dines with them. You remember Revelation 13, Laodicea? Right? Invite me in and I will come in. I will dine. I'm knocking on the door of your heart. I will come in and dine with you. Apparently Jesus liked to eat. That's evangelism 101. Just, just go eat, eat, eat with them. Right? So the crowd's not happy. The crowd's not happy. And notice you can contrast very easily the joy of Zacchaeus and the grumbling of the crowd. The joy of Jesus, the joy of, yeah, Jesus, but the joy of Zacchaeus and the grumbling of the crowd. See, because they're now triggered, right? This guy, you mean this guy, this worst of sinners, you're going to go and you're going to go eat with him. Eating was not just a casual thing. In their culture, it meant we're, we're here, we're, 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 we're in covenant, we're, we're, we're like family, we're, we're blood, right? Jesus, what are you doing? Well, here's what Jesus is doing. This is what he wants us to do as his followers. If you're going to create a safe space for grace, for the worst of sinners, and if you're going to do it for the different, then watch this. Then what you've got to do to create this, this safe space for grace is you've got to refuse to let the unsafe stop you. It's so good in my spirit right now, Mark, that I'm going to say it again. You, Vienna, have to refuse to let the unsafe stop you. Because I get it, I get it. They're, they're upset, you know, he's been ripping them off, and they're mad about it, yeah? But you've got to refuse to let the unsafe stop you. It's very much like if you were seriously injured, God forbid anyone here, but if you were seriously injured, and you had to go to the hospital. Now, 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 you're not going to let the fact that there's sick people at the hospital stop you from going to the hospital and seeing a doctor, are you? You broke your leg? Oh, no, I'm not going to go there. There's sick people there? Is that, is that how it is? Beverly, is that, how, is that how that works? Right? No. You're going to go to the hospital because that's where people go to get well or better. Right? And so while you're there, right, do you have time to now judge the other sick people that are there because they're sick? Is that what you No, because you're sick too. That's why you're there. <laughs> okay? As a matter of fact, while you're there, you're all sick, and you're going to see the doctor because you want to get better. You might just strike up some conversation with them because you, know, you might make some friends because you guess what? You have being sick in common. And you're all there to see the, the doctor. As a matter of fact, the fact that there are sick people there communicates to you that this is the place to go if you're sick to get better. Amen. 
And so, so fa- family, this is how we need, to, this, is the, this is the mindset that we need to approach being among the people of the church. We need to expect to see some spiritually sick people in here. Some unsafe people up in here. Because we're all here to see the great physician. But I want you not to miss what I'm going to say now, please. But I also want you to expect to see some recovering people here. You also need to see in here some, some maturing and growing people here as well. There are safe people here as well that have Christ abiding in their hearts. And so, 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 so don't let the fact that there are, yes, there, there are some people that are not safe in this room. I'm just going to, and I've been that person at times. Welcome to the club. But guess what? Unsafe people and sick people go to see the physician. They go to the hospital. They make an appointment, a regular appointment, right? Every week. (laughs) And so you need to expect, but watch this, look for the safe people that Jesus just wants to love you through. The Holy Spirit just wants some flesh on, right? So he, 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 he indwells people so that he, he can give you a hug. So he can pray for you and talk with you. Refuse to let unsafe people stop you. Look, I get it. I understand. And, and let's not be too quick to judge this crowd. It's very easy to judge the crowd here. Okay? But don't judge this crowd. Do you know why they hated this guy, Zacchaeus, so much? You know why, do you know why they, they were grumbling? Because the, 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 here's what happened. To support the lavish lifestyle of the Herods and Herod Antipas at this time, they had to tax, put heavy tax burdens on the people. It was almost impossible to, to, to meet the, 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 the taxes, to pay the taxes. Okay? And, and, and so what they, they sent in all these tax collectors with Roman soldiers. If you watch The Chosen, you'll see that he's partnered with a Roman soldier. And they spread them out all over the country. And then watch this, guys, to add insult to injury, especially that they got people that were actually Jews to become tax collectors, to add insult to injury, watch this. They would take all that tax money that, they just, that you could barely pay right, to take care of your family. They just took all that tax money and, and they built this city called Tiberius after the new Roman emperor, Tiberius Caesar. Herod Antipas did that. But then to add insult to injury, they, he, to build his city, they built the city on the cemetery, right, of those Jews. They built it on the cemetery, perpetually making those people to the Jews unclean. Would you be mad? Yeah, yeah I'd be pretty teed. Yeah. Okay? But here's the problem, guys, and this is the problem with bitterness and unforgiveness, is that when that thing starts to fester in your heart, it makes you unsafe for grace to give it or receive it. I get it. I get why they're upset. But, 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 but listen, you can be really, really upset, right? Like at the, the 1% we like to say in our culture today, right? That might be oppressing people and so forth, right? There's, there's, there's reason to be upset about injustice. But when you go as far as to allow that thing now to become bitterness in your heart, guess what? They have more power over you now. They're moving on, living their life, but you can't live your best life, right? Be the best version of yourself. That's the language today, right? You can't be that in Christ because you got bitterness in your heart. 
And it, it, it makes you an unsafe person to be around. Real talk. This is some people I get around them. I'll just be real with you guys. I'm a pastor, and I still say, oh, Lord, be with me right now. I don't know if I want to really have this kind of just complain, complain, complain all the time. No good news. I thought we were people of good news, right? Everlasting gospel, yeah. And, 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 and here's, here's what's happening here. Jesus, yeah, expect those people in the church, but praise God they're in the church because that's where you get to go meet with the doctor, right? Regular appointment. But the other thing, too, is, is that, listen, guys, don't let them stop you. I repeat, don't let unsafe people stop you from seeing Jesus. Zacchaeus shamed himself publicly to see Jesus. And guess what? Jesus shamed himself in order to be with him and go to his house. That's how much Jesus loves you. So don't let unsafe people stop you. Go get well. Go be healed. Find safe people. They're there. They're serious about creating a safe space for grace, for you. And God just wants to love you through those people. That's why we need the church, the Holy Spirit. Yes, you can say, we can pray all day, but guess what? God wants to really tangibly love you, and he needs human beings with skin and experiences and stories to hug you and cry with you and love you. That's the Holy Spirit through them. That's what's going on. That's what this is all about. But lastly, the people, all their grumbling is kind of fading away into the background. It's just fading away into the background. And Zacchaeus is there. And all he can focus on is Jesus. People don't matter now. He's not even hearing what they have to say. He's just seeing Jesus. He's in the presence, the gracious presence of Jesus. And maybe they start walking to his house, to his space. And then Luke astonishes us with what comes next in verse number 8. The Bible says, Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Lord have mercy, whether this is on the way or in his house, he stopped and he said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and, and if I have defrauded, and by the way, that's not if, he, he really does mean Yes, and, and I have defrauded people, so, <laughs> okay, that's not an if. You know, he has. And, and he says, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back how many times? Four times. Law of Moses' requirement was three. He said, I'm, I'm going to go above and beyond. And Jesus said to him, listen, don't, don't, please hear somebody right now and just... Hear what Jesus is saying. Allow this to really hit your heart. Today. Are you hearing that? Today. Salvation has come to this house, to this space. Because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Please, in these next just few moments... Please allow the weight of what just happened there to hit you. Please just stand back in amazement and allow this scene to just blow you away. Already, Zacchaeus is ready to be generous because he was given a safe space for grace. Already, Zacchaeus wants to make restitution to those that he's wronged because he was given a safe space for 
for grace, right? Already, Zacchaeus wants to obey, yes sir, the one he has just called Lord, because that same one gave him a safe space for grace. Are you hearing this, family? That notice Jesus, Jesus now tells him, today, salvation has come to this house, to this place. Has Jesus come to the cross yet? Oh no, that's still about maybe two weeks away. Salvation has come to this house. I'm telling you, guys, this guy's saved. Notice that Jesus says that he's saved. He declares him saved before he can even act out all the stuff he just said he was about to do. Ooh, somebody hear that, please. You know why? Because if we're going to create a safe space for grace, Lord Jesus, help me. If we're going to create a safe space for grace, then we've got to give space for grace to transform. Oh, Lord, help me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying. We've got to let everybody go home. I've got to do like, Mo, I've got to do like Pharaoh, the, the request, let God's people go, okay? We've got to give space for grace to transform. Zacchaeus is a heart that's now transforming. And listen, believe me, there is, a, there is certainly a place to call people to repentance. Amen? Amen. But did you notice in the story that Jesus did not go through the long list of Zacchaeus' egregious sins? Did you see that in the story? Because I didn't see it. Maybe it's in the book of uh, CJ somewhere. I don't know. It's not there. You know why? He doesn't have to. Zacchaeus already knows how deeply sunken in sin he is. And he knows that Jesus knows it too. But Jesus has given him space for grace. Publicly, even though it cost Jesus and his reputation, he was given grace. And so now welling up in his heart is just gratitude. Welling up in his heart is, hey, whatever you, yes, sir, Lord, here's what I'm going to do. He was not, he was not saved because he had just committed to doing some good works. Those good works became the evidence of a grateful heart that had already received grace. It's like planting. When you plant a seed, do you cause that seed to grow? Come on, gardeners. I might need the mortgage to help me out before they go, right? Right? When you plant a seed, do you cause that seed to grow? Every day you're walking by and you're going, grow, grow seed. Is that what's going on? No, 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 not at all. You just plant the seed, and then the seed does what seed does, what seeds do. All your job is, is to create, listen, the space, the environment for what? Sun and maybe some fertilizer. And you nurture the seed, and then you go and you go sleep and do what you got to do and let the seed do what seeds do. And that's what God has called us to do. When we plant the seed of grace in people's hearts, we allow, we step back and allow the Holy Spirit, according to his timetable, cause the fruit to grow. Are you hearing that? The grace received by faith in the heart is the, is the, is the root 
the good works that flow out of it, the things that they start to do now because they've received it, is the fruit. We got to get the cart. We got. We, we can't put the cart. What, what do they say? We can't put the the cart before the horse, right? We've got to get that, the, the grace of God received, salvation by grace through faith. Ephesians, we're going to read it, but I have time. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. The grace of God received in the heart by faith is the root. That's, that's what you're saved by. That's the ticket to heaven, yeah? But saved, it's, but that's not it. You don't just sit back and just cruise all the way to heaven. No. Anybody that's been saved, is it, like Zacchaeus, they, they, in their heart, they can't help but want to do something for Jesus because they're grateful for grace. And the Holy Spirit starts to do something in them that's just miraculous. I just, I just know heaven is just watching and just celebrating. Angels high-fiving each other because they're looking at Zacchaeus. They're looking at you, worst of sinners, the different. And they're saying that's what happens when somebody receives grace. They go, yes, sir, what do you want me to do? I'm ready to go. Because they know that what they're doing is not what's earning them the grace. They've already received it. So they're just like, woohoo, heaven forever with Jesus. This guy, he's wonderful. Woo, what do you need me to do? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. That's grace. That's when you give space for grace to transform. Some of your children just need space for grace to transform them. They need more grace. More grace. Yes, they messed up. Jesus, no, come on. Jesus took the whole situation in. But Zacchaeus knew that Jesus loved him and decided to come sit with a dirty sinner in his house. You don't know what was in that house. I'm coming to your space. Oh, come on. When we give space for grace to transform, people transform. It can be in your home. It can be in a small group, which is a very ideal setting for us, a, a great space for grace. We have grow groups here is what we call them. But this, we're just talking about spaces for grace. This is what Jesus came to do, family. This is why, this is what his ministry was about. This is what his life, death, burial, and resurrection, this is what it was all about, creating space for grace. Somebody needs grace this morning. Somebody needs to receive his grace to, this morning. Somebody needs to be a conduit of grace. To, you're not the one that saves people. No, you tell people about the Savior and how he saved them. That's your job. You don't cause them to grow. Allow the Holy Spirit and his timetable to cause the growth. You just set the nurturing environment. And you just love people into transformation. That's all. Just love them. Really? Just love them. It's just so, you know, people would pack this place out. We may be a little bit uncomfortable with that because some people are with COVID. But if you just give space for grace. Because if we give space for grace, you see, when, when we stop, Focusing on our traditions and our preferences and just receive people, we'll then create a safe space for grace. Are you hearing me? When we start loving people and forming relationships with people in the spaces and places where we do life and, and just receive them where they're at, like Jesus did with Zacchaeus, then we're going to create a safe space for grace. When we start to have compassion in our heart, and see people as just as much in need of grace as we are, and we probably need it even more, then we're going to create a safe space for grace. When we start to refuse to allow unsafe people 
to steer the, 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 the ship and, 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 and the, 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 the vocal minority often. And we allow them to steer the ship. Of, of the Holy Spirit is trying to get on board and he's trying to lead the mission of the church. But sometimes we allow unsafe people to redirect us. And we miss Zacchaeus. No, if we, if we start to say, no, we're going to follow the Holy Spirit. We see what the scripture says. We see what Jesus modeled for us. We're going to create a safe space for it. Then we'll create safe spaces for grace. Are you hearing the word of the Lord? Not me. The word of the Lord today. A safe space for grace. When we start to make accommodations for people that are different, then we'll create a safe space for grace. See, because this is what Jesus came to do. He says there that he came to seek and to save the lost. And how does he do it? He creates a safe space for grace. Thank you for listening to Living For Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.